What does it actually mean to be ready for Jesus' second coming? And why does it matter? We'll explore those questions and more today in episode 46 of Adventology entitled, Who Will Be Able to Stand? Welcome to Adventology, the podcast dedicated to helping you be ready for Jesus. Here now is the host of Adventology, Travis Walker. So back in episode one, I shared a small part of my testimony as it connected to the parable of the prodigal son. However, I didn't get a chance to get into some of the details around it, particularly the seminal revelation that led to my conversion to Christianity. You see, up until that time, I had been a heavy drug user. And on occasion, I would not use just one, but a cocktail that included psychedelic drugs such as ecstasy and LSD mixed with inhalants such as nitrous oxide. These cocktails more often than not resulted in me entering into a semi-conscious, dreamlike state when I was under their influence. I can't remember most of the visions, if you want to call them that. When I was in that state of mind, but the ones I do remember all had spiritual themes. Sometimes I felt like I was floating in heaven. Other times I felt like I was being pulled into deep darkness and had to fight to stay in the light. Strangely enough, although I felt I was far from God, in those moments I can still vividly remember always choosing the light just as a deep darkness tried to sweep me away and then waking up fearful of my death that seemed right around the corner and hoping there had to be more than life than the one I was living. Have you ever felt that way in your own life? As if the curtain is open to your inner consciousness and you can see the battle between good and evil being waged in your own mind from the point of view of a spectator? If change is gonna happen, Those are the moments you have to take advantage of. Because truth be told, we never know how many of those we're going to get. So it was after one of those moments that I was particularly shaken that I called the only Christian friend I could think of and poured out my heart and then picked up the very journal she had given me a year earlier and began to write. I'd never written in a journal before, But something beyond myself compelled me to pick up a pen and to write. And write I did. Nothing that I would classify as religious. But the writing became spiritual nonetheless because I was journaling my pain, loneliness, and longing for love in a way I never had before. Maybe you've never journaled or have only journaled to record historical events in your own life. There's something cathartic about writing, feeling, and emotion. And while it is not the true solution to the malady of our heart, it does release the pressure and allows us to think and reflect on what's really going on inside us. This proved true for me. For nearly a year, I wrote faithfully in that journal. The good, the bad, the ugly aspects of who I was as a person were on full display until once again I found myself at a party under the influence of psychedelics and had another revelation. Except this time the revelation was different. This time it wasn't just me, but everyone in the room was a part of it. 
They all fell down and it was as if I alone was left standing. And as I looked up, it was as if I were experiencing the second coming of Jesus. Somehow intuitively I knew right then and there what it meant. I had read it before in the Bible. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Revelation chapter 6 verses 14 through 17. Who will be able to stand? Can there be a more important question asked by those living on the edge of time? Do you know the answer? One thing I knew in the moment that revelation was that I was not ready to stand. Yet somehow I did. Somehow I did not fall with those around me. Somehow it was like it was just me and Jesus in the room together. And he was looking at me with outstretched arms saying, This doesn't have to be your future. And if you follow me, you will see me come again. And on that day, you will be able to stand. But in order for that to happen, you have to turn away from the life that you are now living. So I had to make a choice. We all have to make a choice. If we want to be ready for Jesus, we have to be made ready for Jesus. And ironically, it is only Jesus that can make us ready to meet him face to face. The psalmist said it best in Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, he who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. Clean hands and pure heart? What does that mean? Could the scriptures really be saying that only those who have been fully cleansed and purified will be able to stand before the glorified Son when He comes again? Maybe you've heard it said that if God knows your heart, that's all that matters in the end. But the scriptures don't seem to support that commonly held belief. Intentions are not the same as actions, and over and over we find that God not only looks at our hearts, but also our hands. What are our hands doing? Where are our feet headed? Jesus said it best. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Profession is not a substitute for obedience. And it just makes sense if you think about it. One of the metaphors used consistently throughout the Bible to describe God is fire. Hebrews 12.29 says it this way, For our God is a consuming fire. How can the creator of all life also be, at the same time, a consuming fire? Clearly, God doesn't consume everything he touches. Clearly, the God who holds all things in the universe together by the power of his word 
does not also have a split personality that delights in watching it burn. So there must be something specific that is consumed in the presence of God. So what is it? I believe it's sin. It is only because of sin that we can no longer stand in the presence of God like we once did in our innocence, in our Eden home. And what is sin? The Bible says it's the transgression of the law. It is both a condition and an action. It dirties both the heart and the hands. We are sinners because we sin, and we sin because we are sinners. It is a vicious cycle that can only be broken when both our heart and hands are cleansed by God. This polluted state of being even prevented Moses himself from seeing God when he asked, Show me your glory. And God said back to him, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. And so it shall be, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Wow. So, what will be different about the people who are able to stand before Jesus when he comes in the clouds with the glory of the Father and ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands and thousands of angels with him? Remember, God is an all-consuming fire. We already know when the wicked see him, they turn and run and cry for the rocks and the hills to fall on them so they can be hidden from the face of the Lamb. But what about the living righteous? If God is an all-consuming fire, why doesn't he consume them too? The prophet Malachi gives us some insight after he asks the same question we've been trying to answer. He says in Malachi 3 verse 2, But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. Can you see it now? Can you begin to see the fundamental difference between the two groups on earth when Christ comes the second time? The righteous allowed God to consume their sin when they invited him into their heart. And his presence living within them refined them in the fire of affliction here on earth. And they were purified when he came for them. Revelation describes them as the bride of Christ in chapter 19, starting in verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of a mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia! For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arraigned 
in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Wow. Did you see it? How has she made herself ready? She has clean hands and a pure heart. She has allowed God into her heart and allowed him to live his life through her own. And now she is ready to live in his presence throughout eternity. The wicked, on the other hand, were not ready for Jesus because they did not allow him into their heart. They still clung to their sin, and sin still clung to them. And so since they wouldn't allow Jesus to consume the sin from within them while they had the chance, now they are consumed with their sin in his presence. Picture the scene now in your own mind. Jesus coming in the clouds. Again, Revelation 19 tells us, starting in verse 11, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. In righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written which no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord. Of lords does that picture frighten you or excite you you see one day Jesus is going to come again which side will you be on I know for me I made my choice right then and there that I wanted to be ready for Jesus but I couldn't stop asking myself the question, why me? Why would God go through all this trouble of trying to reach out to a college dropout drug addict who was doing nothing with his life other than living for himself? And the only answer that kept coming back to me was love. Love was the reason. So even though it was the revelation that got my attention, it was love that got my heart. Finally, I began to realize the answer to all the questions I've been asking in my journal for the entire year since I had started writing was God all along. My longing that I could not fill with all the pleasure seeking the world could offer was filled in a moment with God. And I truly went to bed that night with a peace in my heart I had never experienced before. In an instant, I was a new creation. The old had gone, the new had come. And the cool thing was the journal became a written testament of the change within me. 
In the middle of the book, I wrote out my revelation so I'd never forget and then kept writing until the journal was full. The first half, my life before, and the second half, my life after. Friend, that is all it ever takes for any of us. In the moment, the twinkling of an eye, when you surrender your heart to God, He will come in and consume all the sin out of your life. The things you once hated, you now love. The things you once loved, you now hate. It's truly a miracle of God. So who will be able to stand? Only those who have been consumed by the fire of the love of God. Know this, my friend, that you are loved. And this podcast is here for you. And so if you have been blessed I want to encourage you to write a review, share it with a friend. Let me know what topics are you interested in studying? You know, we're starting a new season today. And so I would love it if you reached out to me at Travis at Adventology.com and tell me what you're thinking. Tell me how these messages, these podcasts have benefited you if they have and And what would you like to see in the future? I am so excited to get this new season started. I know that the world has changed a lot over the last year. But I also know that it's just more evidence that Jesus is coming soon. And uh, and so I want to be there with you. And uh, and I just hope and pray that uh, today will be a new day for you. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you back here next time on the Adventology Podcast. Until then, Maranatha. Maranatha.